You've tuned in to the Rising Roots podcast, the home of re-educating the mind and putting unity right back into community. Join us as we go beyond the root in search of the many solutions to the deep-rooted issues within the black community. Now, we may not find all the solutions, but what we do aim to do is have meaningful conversations so we can find some sort of resolution to equip the youth so they can deal with these issues in the future. So join me, Sam G. And myself, Joseph Augustine. As we go beyond Beyond the the roots. Hey listeners, we are here with Beyond the Root live episode nine. We're recording. So if you were were actually listening to us before, just a moment ago, that's an outtake just for you. There's no prize. (laughs) One of one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, Sam, it wouldn't be us if it didn't come with the technical difficulties on our live. It happened before. You know, a little hiccup here and there. It's yeah. learning curves. It is what it is. It I don't is mind it. it. Um, but yeah, how's your week been, though? We always start off with how's the week. Oh wow, um, babysitting and putting together a few things behind the scene, which I'm sure you're already aware of, uh, with little snippets. But yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a long week. But mainly, it's been nice spending time with the twins, Mark sisters, kids, uh, just been babysitting. Okay. Getting ready to go back to the world of work as well after a long time off of furlough and injuries. But yeah, um, don't know if I'm prepared <laughs> all that time off, but bills have got to be paid and things have got to be done. What about you anyway, Sam? What's been going on? Do you know what? The same kind of thing. I've been in a zone after the last one we... Um, recorded on the solstice, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's just been nice. The downloads have been coming through. Good, good. That's good. Uh, the positive energies have just been out here, you know, not getting good. distracted by anything. No s- distraction on social media. <laughs> just doing what we're doing. Yeah, that's good. That's what I like to hear. Same yeah, here, just like moving through. Hey, you like my t shirt, by the way? Yeah, supporting and sponsoring. Oh, look at that. You mean supporting and sponsoring? I, I mean, make it, you know. <laughs> what? So where's mine? Huh? <laughs> it's, um, it's that show, like I said, it's episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't go there, Joseph. You've got to give me your size anyway. Oh, it's always, it's always extra large. It's always extra large. Okay. Okay, well, well, we'll get you one. We'll get you one, and then we can wear it there Thank on the live. Next yeah. live, yeah, the next yeah. live, you'll have it. Ah, then, ah, then. That's a deal. But no, generally speaking, the week's been blessed. All is blessed. That's all one can ask for, really and truly. Um, yeah. Let's let's reflect. How's the show been for you? Because, like we were saying before, you are a, a fan of business. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it's actually been really insightful. Uh, in many ways, I have seen a lot of positives, but also some negatives, which I won't touch on too much because obviously, you know, we're about finding solutions here. 
but it has been very insightful. Um, finding out that there is actually a business mindset and anyone that is looking to move forward, set their own thing, be an entrepreneur, business man, woman, um, you do have to adopt a mindset and actually put yourself around people that are moving in the same direction. I mean, if you didn't know that before, obviously it's an obvious one, but it's something that's really been talked about quite a fair bit. You know, it's a, it's a mindset trying to achieve your goals independently. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that, that, that's what I've taken from it, you know. Like I said, there's one or two negatives, but that's in regards to interaction in, uh, around the community and how people should be getting together and taking what we're putting out there and um, learning from it and also using it, using the tools, you know. I just urge people to use the tools that are being provided for yourself on social media, all the platforms that are there for yourselves to move forward. That's that's what we're about. This is what the community is about. Um, as I said previously, well, on last week's podcast, that it's through you. Mm. We use your platform to get where I get. These things happen if you put yourself in the right direction. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? You're already a, a businesswoman doing your thing. So how's it been listening to other people in the field doing this? As I said last week, I like the fact that I have to use that slogan as well, celebrate and elevate. Yeah. I think that's generally what we need to be doing in our community. We are going to be thriving. Yeah. That's the real word meaning in it, thriving. When you can yeah. get a, you can just be, not meaning this in a sexual way, people, you can be turned on just by your community, like really switched on, everyone vibing, um, and we're just, you know, when you step into your power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, going to be immense when we can come together and actually truly do that. So I think I think it's nice that you touched on that, Sam, because I think that that has happened, but not been recognised through um, the whole lockdown period. Mm. People have come into their element, they've found their powers in terms of their mindset, what they can do, and they're achieving it. But I just don't think it's something that gets spoken about. Like I said, the thing that I've been um, noticing is there is a mindset, and it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think more people should talk about that, you know, developing that mindset, getting their powers right, aligning themselves. Yeah. So, you know. so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, though, that we have covered the topic. I mean, to be fair, the issues themselves, sorry, people, the issues, um, yeah, we can cut that out in the audio one day. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're listening on that, then you didn't hear that one there. Um, That was my picture, just taking a drop to the floor. Um, But I do see us elevating. Maybe it's the town that we live in. Maybe it's just town mentality. I don't know. What what I've been bringing up, small town UK mindset. Mm. I mean, it could be, like I said, these are one of the negatives that I've seen, but I still have faith because Mm. at the end of the day, through doing this, I found there are pockets of communities or people working together, organisations in a um, small town UK, in the small black communities Mm. that are actually doing their thing. I just... I just think people need to adopt that mindset that I've been talking about where 
although you see me as a powerful individual, there's a conglomerate behind me, you know, and we're all moving in, in, in one direction. It's just to elevate us, as you say, mm-hmm. you know, bring rise to our community. Yeah. yeah yeah we do we do we do and um we're just at the moment actually we are just waiting on our guest but we've got patience it's fine yeah. um <laughs> behind the scenes you might see me bowing my head that is because i'm trying to look and see if there is any messages but um there isn't <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no the the, the business forum is something mm. that i really want to ignite actually yeah, I think yeah. we mentioned that with Sasha, right? Yes, yes. People exchanging details, um, information, just working together. As I say, you can network, you can be a, someone in business. Uh, just a simple example. Someone could be selling clothes, another person mm-hmm. could be selling hangers. You don't know until you get together inside your community and see what each other can do for each other, you know, and, and just bring each other forward. Someone could be in marketing, Another person could be in printing. You never know how they can work together. You know, yeah. Someone might be looking for logos. There might be a, a young, prosperous designer you just don't know unless you put yourself out there and join these forums. You know, I've, I've seen quite a few uh, pop up uh, in Bedford. There is one that my cousin Dorian, um, he does, and he's regularly posted on Facebook. Um, I just want to see more more from the community, more from certain individuals I know have the power to pull other people in. Just to take a look, that's all it takes, you know. Someone who's an influencer in Bedford that does these things in these communities, in these circles, takes a look and puts other people on. All it takes is five eyes. They can do that. Each five eyes can put out to another five people. That's 25 people. They can do exactly the same thing and... It just keeps on having that knock-on effect. Mm-hmm. And I just want more people to join in, like you say, on a business forum and help each other, get each other where they need to go. You know, we can we can only get so far on our own. And that's the truth. You could be the most successful person, recognized, but there is a whole team behind them that got them where they are, whether it be their partner, parent, friend, you know, work colleague, someone gave them that spark or just gave them a little nudge or push, or even was their actual crutch to get them there. I think forums, where everything's going, social media is the way forward. Mm. I see you looking down there, Sam. Behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) I'm trying to do something and it's not really happening. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to style it out. But um, yeah, do you know what? In terms of more, it's just that simple thing of support. Like yeah. Support. If you've got something or you see someone, you know, like supporting black businesses, you might drop a hashtag and yeah. you know, let people know. It's free to do. That's, yeah. the, that's the wickedest thing. It's free. And a lot of things that seem to be free that are doing good things don't always seem to get that notice. Yeah, they get a notification that they that that, that no right that they should get because I mean as you said last week in terms of advertising your business or anything that you're doing to help the community move forward it's a free platform that we're offering you know hence why listeners if you're listening I mean you can hear what we're saying but if you're listening utilize what we're doing 
get in contact, if you're doing something in the community, it doesn't even need to be Bedford. If we are fortunate enough to get people listening from out of town, you're in the surrounding areas, get in contact, let people know that you're, you're active in your community and you're helping each other move forward. And we will advertise you. That's, that's not a problem. And these are the things that I generally want to see more of, but I think that's time, you know, that's time. We're putting in the legwork. So somewhere down the line, we'll come in. But once again, I'd just like to say any listeners that are new, thank you for joining in. This is our live session. You will see some things that are exclusive to being live. <laughs> I do hope you enjoy. Um, anyone that's been with us before, thank you for joining in again. And it's always a privilege to have listeners and people that are always tuning in. If You know what? If people are listening, I actually thought of a game that we could do, like drop the gems okay okay yeah where they you could win yourself a little rising roots prize okay and that you know okay 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 it's actually the wrong way round on purpose yeah this is because this sits at the back and the rising roots logo is at the front so yeah well is this what we're gonna is this what is this what their listeners are in store for one of these t-shirts that I haven't got yet. I don't, I don't know yet because we actually <laughs> need to find out whether or not anyone's really listening to us, you know, or it's just okay. us chatting in and someone is blowing past, you know. Um, <laughs> so get in touch if you are listening, say hello, uh, comment. Yeah, um, get active, get active on the, on the Facebook page. And better still, actually, if you've got something that you would like to share, or better still, even if you have a business that you want to elevate, let's do this. Because last week we were looking at the archives of hashtag Elevating Brands. And so today, while waiting on our guest, we're improvising. So if you do have a business, whether that's in the community, uh, as a product, uh, you're selling T-shirts, or whatever the case may be, then hit us up. Yeah. We will chat. Yeah, no, let us know what you're doing. Let us know what you're doing. Any platform, as we're saying, could be online, could be physical. Let us know what you're doing, see if we can help you move forward and just get you out there and talk about your journey. Like I said, that that's information that's priceless that you can give out to the next aspiring entrepreneur. Your journey, the mindset you developed, the people you the circles that you started to move around, even the people that you left behind because you realize that they're not where you are. That's not a negative. I just want to put that out there. That is not a negative. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't even look down on those people because at the end of the day, they are where they are. And um, they'll see. They'll see it sometime, you know. They just will. what you need around you. People are seeing me skin teeth, yeah, because... <laughs> skin it, yes? because we've got the comments coming in uh amy harrison you've got listeners thank you yeah. <laughs> um mally blackamix my little broski he's still listening and d bailey hi how are you hey. um yes she says so true so exchange services and not money That's yeah right came through i love that actually and and it's so it's so true sometimes you can have money circulating and it's not really being reinvested properly because uh, sometimes for me right this is a this is a negative 
some companies do need to learn customer service yeah or you're not (laughs) yeah it's as simple as because if we go tesco's we've got a whole procedure if i'm not happy with something we do yeah yeah if it's in one of our own wow you better go and find the next place because yes yes yeah it's business etiquette and i think me and you have said this um before about business etiquette it's very important yeah very important very important i mean for me i I come from a customer service background and companies when they make it when they're in the big leagues they they always pride themselves on customer service they spend a lot of money on advertising but they also spend a lot of money on customer service and the reason they do that is to get reoccurring customers no one's going to come back if you're on the end of the phone and you're just fresh, you know, you're just giving, I'm not going to call out any companies. I don't want to deter people from anything, but mm-hmm. I try to um, book a doctor's appointment and the receptionist just came on the phone really fresh, really, really fresh. Mm-hmm. And I had to do her job and talk her into knowing her role. I asked her, like, what was wrong with you? You know, like, all I've done is ring and I can sense this hostility. Mm-mm. Straight away, she's telling me, yes, because whenever I answer this phone, it's people that just want to have a go at me. I said, well, did you get that from me initially? No. I'm a new person on the end of the phone. You've got to, you've got to keep that in mind. Only then was she okay because I made her relax. That, that is not for me. So anyone that's listening and aspiring to have a business where you deal with customers directly, you mm-hmm. have someone dealing with customers. Understand they are all individuals and there are stressful days. That lets you know your business is, is thriving because it's being stretched. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, you know what, actually, I think I, I, I want to advertise a, a company that you guys may have heard me speak about already. Um, and it was, hold on, let me get a good light. Can you see it? Just bring it forward a little more. Let me see this. Okay, we're in. Yeah, Bob yeah. in the UK. I have to hide it slightly because I've written something behind it. <laughs> Bob um, in the UK. Bob in UK debate date is a black conscious card game filled with 160 questions ready to be discussed. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so I think me and you used it before on one, yes. of, our, one of our shows, yeah? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We have. Um, interesting questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? While we wait, or while we just get on with the show, actually, because... I'm loving the initiative that we've got here. Because um, anything can happen on lives. <laughs> <laughs> anything. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Let's go. Um, Let's go. I'm always up for that interrogation. Because <laughs> we were talking about... What was we talking about, in truth? We was talking about Black Britain, Black business, and how that fits in, right? Yeah. So, oh, oh, hold on. There was one in here which I think, mm, I don't know. Should we tone down our Blackness to fit into corporate work environments? 
No. No, that's my that's my direct answer. No, the possibilities are endless. Mm. Endless. Okay. Extend. Um. So let's say you throw away that conventional um, way of doing business, tie or uh, a suit, dress suit, whatever, however you want to call it, and you have an office. Yeah, it's one way of doing it. Many successful people have sat down, struck deals, and then let's just say you have an environment where you're very relaxed mm-hmm. and you are free to be you, as animated as you want. Uh, culturally, mentally, and your physical presence. Mm. How much more would you be able to project your goal? You would You'll be, yeah, no, you, you, you would be under no restraints. You can be yourself. You can sell it. You'd be like an artist in there, especially if you were presenting an idea. Let's just say it was like a, Dragon's Den. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Dragon's Den, you see people come in, some are shirt and tie, some people come in, they're already made uniform, and then you see some people come in and they're just loose yeah. and they just sell their product being them. Mm-hmm. And then you fall in love with the character and you fall in love with the product. What's wrong with working with people like that? Yeah, it's true. That being expressive, that being open, which gives you a door to be open with them as well, where you could give. Um, you can give a positive critique mm-hmm. or negative, but they will understand you because you're honest and open in that environment. And it's not so regimented where you could only respond in a certain way or act in a certain way mm-hmm. in that environment. Because let's say in contrast, you look at the music industry. One of the biggest parts of the music industry is the music that we originated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of people that make this music, that make the money behind the scenes, whether they're DJs, music makers, whether they are dancers or they are um, producers putting together the visuals like on video. Mm-hmm. They don't come from a business background yet. This is the corner of the music market that is generating the most revenue. Mm. And when they're together, they're relaxed. When they're in the studio, relax when they're talking in business meetings it's all numbers and very serious but you can tell that they are being themselves and very relaxed and that's one side of the music business that has been cornered and generates the most revenue there's some sort of proof if you want it but also how does black business etiquette look because i've never seen it from my side of things okay first of all right let's let's make it easier then what does what is business etiquette? What is business etiquette? It's only the etiquette that I know from being raised in the Western world. Which looks like? Doesn't represent me. Okay. So, so if, if, if you saw, let's just say, a uncolonized Africa having business etiquette, I, I've asked people so many times, what do you think business etiquette would look like if it generated from a uncolonized black state Mm -hmm. I have no idea Mm. does do any of us because barely know our history to have an idea of where that would even come from there's layers yeah what what sort of dress code would there be would there be one you know 
who what language would it be spoken? If if we look back to past then times, um, oh, I just got a message from our guest. So he he's uh, on shortly, listeners. Okay. <laughs> he hasn't abandoned us, um, but he's clearly a busy guy. But we are just thankful that he'll be joining us in a moment. So uh, we look forward to that. But yeah, um, in terms of like say like remember the nineteen twenties. Now I have to refer back to America because I am still wanting to know kind of what it was back in that day you know yeah um for for people um but you know like they had um 19 well I love the 1920s anyway and fancy businesses and you know they knew how to run things you understand and their dress was immaculate come on you know they were successful and it was only brought down due to you know the racist acts that was that was happening but had it not been for that look how strong that was do you know are what we I mean? talking about areas like Tulsa and so on yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah so you know going back to what we earlier said about the unification when it comes to business um and stepping into our power that is what that looks like to me because there okay. were businesses, there was a whole like community right there that was built. Do you understand what I mean? And yeah. as I said, had it not been for racism, it possibly could still be standing and ten times better than what it is now. It would be. It would be. I mean, look, now's the time. It's it's the time. I've I've got to keep saying this. I pulled cards out yesterday. I put it up on my feed. You know, those Sankofa moments, there's a lot that we can learn from our history. Not everything, can't take everything, but there are some things that we can take to aid us in the world of business. Even if you are just doing a community project, it's business. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Because I know some people might not agree with the statement saying, um, like, I am the brand, but I am. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the you day, it's your, your dream, your goal. No one else is going to get you there but you. So, yeah, you are the brand. You know? and, and that goes hand in hand with what I was saying, you know. Just imagine a, a boardroom of 10 of your way of thinking, not people that directly won't oppose you, but mm. in terms of having that mindset that, you are the brand and you're worthy of that. And your essence is what brings a lot to the table. Mm. You would get a lot done instead of being in that same regimented structure that's not generally built for me to succeed. Because you look in any example of media showing business, I'm not in the, someone that represents me is not in that boardroom. No. You know? And that's the, I'm the majority. I'm not the minority of those that are in that small percentage of mm-hmm. being recognised in this Western hemisphere, like this, this structure. So there is no one there that represents me, you know, so. Well, yeah. do you know what? There is someone that represents you. He's in the form of an entrepreneur, actually. And <laughs> yeah, he like that now. one, Sam. Why do you mix that in? Come on, come on. So um, let's introduce him in. He's he's going to come in now and um, speak to us. Um, but I remember speaking to Julian before, actually. Um, 
during the COVID directory lives. It's a show that I did on, um, it's a show that I did on the In Focus podcast and it came before um, hashtag elevating brands. Yeah. But Julian had a, an app that he was launching at the time. And the, the whole reason behind the COVID directory lives was to give us um, knowledge of the services that are helping us during lockdown the early part of lockdown. So that was March, 2020. Um, but yeah, so we spoke then and it was really good. It was a really good conversation because him and Tyler even had a, a convo too because Tyler's a tech person. So, but um, Julian Hall joins us now and I am about to showcase. <laughs> Hi Julian, how are you? Hey guys, sorry I'm... Bit delayed, lots lots happening indoors, but I'm glad to be here finally. Blessings, blessings. It's really good to have you on the show. I was just letting the listeners know that um myself and you are no strangers as we <laughs> spoke before uh on COVID directory lives. Um and that was about the chatbot app, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, but before we get into the the, the chatbot, how what was the three things that the pandemic pandemic taught you moving forward because you've been doing a lot recently and I want to get to to what you have been doing but as that was the last time I spoke to you what was the three things that the pandemic kind of taught you great question so the pandemic taught me that every cloud has a silver lining (laughs) that you are able to um that the idea of being innovative isn't just a, a nice to have. You've always got to innovate because you just don't know what's going to happen. There's so much uncertainty, whether it's pandemic, whether it's a recession, you know, whether it's, um, you know, sectors being impacted by um, external forces. You know, you've got to always be in one ways on your toes to be able to respond to, to, to the changes in your environment. And I suppose the last thing is that um, human connection is really important. Um, So I guess that's one thing that we all lost pretty much throughout the pandemic. And it's it's only when you lose something that you realize how valuable it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's, um, a beautiful testament because even though lockdown, you say all that, you were busy. You, I didn't let the listeners know, but you are an entrepreneur, an educator, a speaker, author, influencer, like where did this journey begin for you? How did it all begin? Wow, you're going to make me go back into my childhood. Thank <laughs> 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 for remember that. Right, yeah, you know what people ask those questions, that's where you have to start, but um, it's funny, I was actually on a call um, earlier on with the local authority and, you know, they were using a whole bunch of terms which are related to the youth sector and I said to them I'm not from the youth sector you know I even though I operate in the youth sector and in the education sector that's not where I'm from and for that reason a lot of the a lot of the prescribed norms I missed that meeting so I do so so by default I've done things differently as an example um whenever people ask where do we operate so we're a Brent-based organization so naturally, the assumption is that we just operate in Brent. But I you know, said to this individual earlier on that 
we we worked we worked from Brighton to Barnsley, right? And they were shocked. They were like, "Well, you know, aren't you supposed to your community organisation? Aren't you supposed to serve your community?" And I'm thinking, "Well, who defined what community meant? Like, so if there's someone up in Barnsley or in Birmingham or in Brighton that needs our services, that they're not part of our community." And the interesting thing is, when you look at when you when you think about business, the the um a a, the community for a business are the people that it serves, are its customers, right? So, you know, I, you know, so I'm, I'm constantly trying to um, kind of context switch between the meaning from one sector to, to the other. Um, but the reason I say all of that is because um, I guess I've been doing that for a long time, you know, since, since a child. So, I mean, I was, I was homeschooled for the first few years of my life. I, and then when I did go into school, I didn't realize until years later, but I was always doing things differently to other kids, i.e. the teacher would give me different work to do, right? And it was always creative work. Um, and that, you know, looking back, that built my self-esteem because it was like someone recognized something that I was passionate about and they let me get on with it. Yeah. Um, and then another teacher towards the end of primary school, another teacher stopped my mum by the school gates and was just really complimentary about you know, my progress and all the rest of it. Um, and I think what my mum didn't realise was homeschooling me um, for about two years before I went into primary school um, just gave me, I was always ahead. I was just always ahead of the class, right? Mm. Um, but then what that did was that almost kind of made me look at, just look at the world slightly differently. Um, and so when I was in my uh, kind of mid to late teens, um, I saw an opportunity to start a fashion label and it was out of the need for wanting to dress like the cool kids, but not having the money to do it. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't afford it. Right. So if you wanted to get like, if you wanted to get kitted out, I mean, it will cost a lot of money. And back when you're 18, 19, you might be able to afford one outfit, but that was about it. So um, my girlfriend at the time had just qualified from the London College of Fashion and I remember the moment we were watching a TLC video and left eye was wearing this spray painted dungaree and I and I said that looks wicked and she said I think I could make that and mm -hmm. I said really how much could you make it for she said well I could probably make it for like 20 or 30 quid and I thought if you could make that for 20 or 30 quid I could sell it for 100 right wow. and so not only was it solving a problem for me and this is this is basic business right solve a problem for someone and better yet if you're solving the problem for yourself it means that you understand the problem right so I did both I solved the problem for myself and I solved the problem for a whole generation of people who wanted to have who wanted to be unique who didn't want to just buy off the peg and so that was my first experience of making money I hadn't had a job none of that before um and but the, but then the, the trouble that I had after that because I was I suppose lucky in stumbling across a business idea that worked Every other business that I tried after that, none of, none of them worked for longer than six to 12 months, right? Um, and so I just decided to go and get a job like a normal person. My mum was having a go at me. What, what, what the hell are you doing with all these businesses? What are you, some Del Boy kind of guy? What's going on? <laughs> um, and so I, I essentially managed to get myself into the investment banking sector, right? And I didn't have a degree because I dropped out of university to you know, do business and stuff. Um, but the reason why I was able to get into investment banking without a degree is because I interviewed really well. I could sell myself brilliantly 
And the reason I could sell myself brilliantly was because I had run a, run a business before. So I knew how to sell things, right? Mm. Um, and again, this is stuff that I'm unpacking like decades later to, to then say entrepreneurship can make you highly employable, right? Mm. Without the necessary traditional entry requirements and so on. Um, so, you know, my, my entrepreneurial um, kind of journey was then the kind of like five to niner. So I would have my day job and then five to nine in the, and at the weekends, I'd work on all kinds of businesses, right? Technology businesses, cars, events, you name it, I was into it, right? Um, I, I was, I guess what you would call a journeyman or a, a jack of all trades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, until around the year 2000, when just after the dot-com boom and bust, I uh, I bought a dot-com, I bought a small dot-com from a guy in East London, and I thought I'd be a millionaire overnight, not realising that just because you've got a website doesn't mean anyone's going to visit your website. And so that was kind of entre- journey, kind of um, 2.0 of my entrepreneurial journey, where in 2001, 2002, I taught myself Google marketing. Okay. Um, and back then it was it wasn't easy to find that stuff. It's all available now, but it wasn't, you know, almost 20 years ago now. Um, but I taught myself Google marketing and within about two years, that website was generating almost as much income as my day job. And so another a couple of years later, me, myself and two colleagues, we raised some money and we started a digital agency in one of the worst areas of London in 2007, which was Shoreditch. Right. Okay. It was a complete wreck, but it was regarded as a section two area. I'll always remember it um, because we got cheap rent because it was section two. But section two meant that it was about to be redeveloped into what it is now. So we grew with that whole ecosystem. And that's what got me more heavily involved in tech, um, in entrepreneurship and in you know writing my own books and stuff. Nice. Joseph. Wow. Well, I was just listening. No, Julian, look. Sam didn't introduce us, Sam, but Joseph, Julian, um, that's a hell of a journey. It's a hell of a journey. But what stuck with me was the beginning when you said that you were homeschooled. Um, I'm, we've done education previously, and what I found out is that in Scandinavia, the children don't start until seven. They've probably got the best education system in the world. And the fact that you said that that helped you develop a mindset to be adventurous and doing other things outside of the curriculum and your teachers acknowledging that, which is, is quite rare. Um, I must say it's quite rare, which is testament to your teachers to notice that and put you forward and compliment uh, your mum for that. Mindset, that the most important thing, would you say? Because you had that from early. The journey you've taken is your mindset has taken you really well. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I guess there's always this debate between whether you work hard, whether you work smart, whether it's mindset, skill set, luck, opportunity, network. Um, and my, my conclusion to all of that is I know lots of people with the right mindset, but they don't put the effort behind it. I know mm. lots of people who put in a lot of effort, but they don't have the mindset. So okay. I guess it's a little bit like saying, if, if you are going to put together a football team, you're going to put together a bunch of individuals that have slightly different skills and they work together. Right. So yeah. it's a little, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like um, the question you're asking me, it's, you know, was it just mindset that got me to where I am? Um, I would say that played a massive part. Absolutely. Um, probably more than 75%. However, 
Um, and we all know people, if you think about, there are people who have read every motivational book going. Yeah, yeah. You know those people, right? We yeah, all know I was people. one of them for a good few years. Yeah, and then yeah, I stopped. But, yeah. But, you know, they're not going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, that's the truth. Sure. They ain't going nowhere, but they but they can they can quote verbatim all of the books. Yeah, <laughs> for real, right? So I'm I know because I know these people. Some of these people are my friends, um, but they're not really progressing. And the reason why they're not progressing is because um, everyone is looking for the magic bullet, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's looking for that one thing, that one book. If I just read this book, it's yeah. going to unlock like it's some movie where the guy puts in the last key and everything unlocks. Life don't work <laughs> like that. If it, was, if it was that simple, we would have we made it already, right? Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm saying, I'm taking a long time to say that I don't just want to say yes mindset because then people won't respect the grind. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah. Um, there are individuals who I know. I, let, let me put it to another way. I remember when um, back in maybe... Yeah, this must have been 2008, 2009. I sat down with my mentor in front of two investors. This was, we were in St. Paul's and myself and my business partner pitched this idea, right? And they just kind of, they were glazed over and, you know, the meeting didn't go well, right? And as they left, my mentor said to me, Julian, just because people have got money doesn't mean that they're smarter than you, right? And essentially they didn't get what you were saying. Okay. They didn't get, they didn't get it because they're not on the same tip as you are, right? And, and I'd never forget that because, you know, the assumption is if people have got money, that they're smart, right? Yeah, and, and then yeah. the assumption is if people don't have money, that they're stupid, when it, that's not the case, right? It's not the case at all. There isn't, there is not a definite relationship between intelligence and money. It, mm. it's, it's not the same, or even mindset necessarily in money. You've got to, you know, there are people who have never read any of those books, but they've grinded it out, and they're on their way to setting up a business, financial freedom, whatever it might be, right? And then there are people who, who've done the opposite, who've read all the books, but they, but they, you know, the rubber's not hitting the road for them. Mm. So, um, however, what I would say, though, when it comes to mindset, is that where mindset um, has given me the edge is in times when things get hard. Okay. And that's like every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, but when things get tough, when, you, when you're sitting there thinking, why am I doing this again? Or why am I yeah. getting up at four o'clock in the morning? Or why am I working the weekend? Or mm. why, you know, why am I doing all of these things? Yeah. Or actually, this is really tough. This task I've got to do. So I always joke with my, we have a chief operating officer who we hired about nine months ago. And I always joke with him saying, when, I've, when I ask the team to do something that they don't know how to do, um, there's 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 a there's a there's a mental blockage which says because I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to say that I can do it. Whereas yeah. an entrepreneur doesn't need to know how to do it. So an entrepreneur will say I can do it and then work out how to do it afterwards, right? Yeah. Somebody without an entrepreneurial mindset would say I'm going to think about how to do it, then I'll let you know if I can do it, yeah. right? And that's yeah. the mindset thing because. If you want something badly enough, you don't care how it's done. You'll get, you'll work out, you'll work that bit out. That's almost like a detail. And what I said it boils down to is the belief in capability. Because for me, what the, the, the thing that 
drives, and I've probably not said this in a public forum much actually at all, if at all, is that one of the things that drives me to keep doing all the things that I'm doing is as far as I'm concerned, and I picked this up as a teenager, as far as I'm concerned, if someone else has done it, I can do it too, right? And, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's becoming a number one bestseller, whether it's speaking on stage in front of a thousand people, whether it's launching a number of companies, whether it's developing artificial intelligence, I don't care what it is. If someone said to me, Julian, we're gonna challenge you to go into blockchain technology. I don't know how to do blockchain, but I know I'm capable of it. You see what yeah. I mean, right? Um, if, you know, I mean, if, if someone said, I don't know, whatever the challenge was, it's knowing that you're capable of doing things without knowing how to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that that keeps you moving forward because the fact is, especially given the access we have to the internet and everything else, there's, there's, there's ways, like nothing's a secret anymore. If you want to do something, there's someone out there who will show you how to do it and you can work it out, right? Mm. What, what the, the, the problem you have though, is that even though Nothing's a secret. If you want to set up a business, if you want to become rich, if you want to be happy, if you want to have great relationships with friends and families, the ways in which to do it are all available. There are no secrets. No one's going to tell you anything new about any of those things, except that if you don't have the mindset that tells you that it's cap that you're capable of doing those things, and if you don't have the belief that says, I'm worthy of those things, then you won't do it. It won't happen for you. And all of that is mindset. And that's the thing that has carried me through, you know, all of the ups and downs. Oh, that's good to hear, man. You dropped some gems on us there. This is what I said to you before, Joseph. It's about dropping gems, yeah. Yeah, man, you dropped some gems on us there. about that dropping really gems. Inside. You know what? You said about entrepreneur mindset. And is that different to then entrepreneur and businessman? Are they different or are they the same people? Yeah, good question. So, um... A uh, an entrepreneur would, um, yeah. So I'm trying trying to think of an example. Um, there's there's a great example on the internet of the difference between an, an entrepreneur and a businessman, and it shows banana. It shows like a banana, right? Mm-hmm. Got a picture of a, of a banana, and it says a businessman will take a banana for fifty p and sell it for a pound. An entrepreneur will take the banana for fifty p, turn it into into banana juice, and sell it for two pounds. Like they'll, they'll do something different yeah. to it right um or they will then they'll sell it they'll then but not they won't stop there they'll take the banana turn it put into banana juice sell it for two pounds then they'll create a franchise right yes. then they'll do a lecture series then they'll do a workshop do you see what i mean <laughs> right yeah. then they'll create an app about how great about why you should eat bananas and the best times to eat bananas and the different types of bananas that exist in the planet on all the different, <laughs> you see what I mean, right? An entrepreneur, and then and then they won't stop there. Then they'll create a fashion label with, with, with a banana, <laughs> right? banana, and then they might sign a rapper called Banana, and, <laughs> and he's spitting some drill lyrics, right? That's that's the difference, right? <laughs> that's the difference between a businessman and an entrepreneur. And a businessman will essentially just take something and make a markup on it. Anyone yeah. can do that. Whereas an an entrepreneur will do something different and they'll innovate, but not just for the sake of it, they'll do it. So they might say, the reason I've taken the banana and made banana juice is because some people don't like the texture of bananas. Maybe Mm -hmm. little babies can't eat a banana. Maybe people Mm -hmm. that are of old age can't eat bananas because of their, you know, their false teeth and all. Do you know what I mean? 
So it's meeting a need. Definitely. It's meeting a need. So, so they innovate to meet a need. They don't just innovate for the sake of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between a businessman and an entrepreneur. So, Innovation to meet needs. I like that. That's a slogan in itself. I'm going to ask the question, Julian, because you are not just an entrepreneur. You are an ultrapreneur. Uh, what does success look like to you and how important is it for you to achieve it and the reason I ask this question is because as the gems are dropping I think it's really key for people to hear that bit because a lot of people measure success in different ways so yeah what does success look like to you and how important is it for you to achieve it so I will tell you unequivocally happiness is the greatest measure of success Mm -hmm. it's not money it's not fame it's not having all of the trappings and jewels and cars. Um, And this is another trick that we've been told, right? So if you think about it, when you're a kid, they'll say, all right, um, you know, go to school, you'll do well. Um, Get good grades, you'll do well. Um, Get good grades and get a job, you'll do well. If you get a good job, you'll you'll make money and you'll be happy, yeah? It's Mm -hmm. not true. Because the unhappiest people in the world are the richest people in the world, Mm -hmm. yeah? And we know that through decades of watching celebrities doing the most yeah. so, like I mean you know there's a um there's a successful rapper that I follow young MA she just checked herself into rehab she's not happy but on the outside she would look like everything's yeah. everything right yeah. uh, and I personally know people whose houses I've been to mentors of mine who have got who literally live on acres of land their houses are beautiful they've got everything and they're not happy. Mm. And I sat down there and I thought, hold on, what's going on here? You're supposed to be happy. You have everything, Everything, but you're not happy. And the things that you want, I've got, right? You want want a close-knit family. You want to be able to spend time with your kids. You want to have a meaning relationship with a a partner. You want to have friends that you can trust. You ain't got none of that. Mm -hmm. I've got all of that, right? (laughs) So who's happier? Like, you know, and I think that the, the narrative whereby, um, and it, it, it's fading away slowly, but it's still kind of there where, you know, money will solve money problems. It doesn't solve everything else. What it will do is it will amplify the other problems you've got. So yeah. if you've got challenges in your relationship or challenges with friends, or it will amplify those things. That's what money will do. It will amplify the problems you've already got. So I think, so for me, and we all know examples of people who have nothing and they're super happy. Like, you know, if anyone travels to the Caribbean, you'll see Rastaman walking around with no shirt, tear up trousers, and they're happy. Yeah. And you look and you think, you ain't got nothing. Why are you so happy? Right. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you question, like, what is going on? So, yeah. but the reason we link it to entrepreneurship, though, is because our definition of an entrepreneur, and this is the philosophy behind Ultra, really. We define an entrepreneur as someone who does what they love and they make money from it, right? I was even watching a video with Jeff Bezos this morning on um, his advice to young people in, you know, in order to be successful. And the first thing he said is young people should do something that they love, right? Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs said it. Many, many extremely successful entrepreneurs have said this. Now, think about this. You You will work the majority of your life, 40 hours, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You'll spend working, right? Now... If you hate your job for 40, 50 hours a week, the chances of you being happy are challenged, right? Mm. 
if you love what you do for 40, 50, 60 hours a week, the chances of you being happy are higher, mm. right? And that's why we say it's, it's about doing something that you love because if you're spending most of your life doing something you love, the chances that you'll be happy are higher, right? And if you're happy, you'll perform better in your business, you'll create better products and services and people will enjoy what you have to offer and they'll spend more money with you, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's all intertwined. That's beautiful. Do you know, this is why you are the number one best-selling author, isn't it? <laughs> of- <laughs> here, isn't it, Julian? Keeping this on, come on. So let us know the books that you have got out there because realistically, we're all about solutions. I'm not really focusing too much on the issues per se because we do know what it is in the Black community already. And I think now is the time for us to really change our narrative as we've said throughout all of these shows. So um, one of the solutions I would say is, is your book, like one of your books or all of them, which, which one would you like for us to Yeah, read? I guess the book that really um, propelled the business forward and the idea forward was um, a book called Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur, 100 Ways to Up Your Game. It was published, it'll be 10 years next year when it was published. Um, the, the front cover of the book is the logo of the company. And, and the idea behind it was that whenever you look for inspiration, like if you think 10 years, um, pre a decade, mm. if you looked for inspiration on the internet about business, it was, a, it was dead old white men. Yeah. That's where you would get it from. They would tell you about Henry Ford. They'd tell you about, he's still alive, Richard Branson. They'd tell you yeah. about... You see what I'm saying? And I looked yeah, at them and yeah, I yeah. thought, nah. When, when I first went into schools, I'm not telling them about, I'm not telling black youths about Richard Branson. I'm not yeah. doing it because they're going to look and think, well, he's not like me. So I'm not, I can't be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, I remember, yeah. have you guys, are you guys familiar with um, a YouTuber called KSI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. About him. So yeah. I was following KSI like almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Right, you're you're one of the originals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I remember KSI when he when he first bus. And I remember I would go into schools and I remember um I was at this careers event and there was someone from a bank, someone from a law firm, you know, the usual suspects, and mm-hmm. they were killing these kids with these long PowerPoints, like murdering them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going on their phones, yawning, falling asleep, all doing all doing all of that. So when it was my turn to go up, I said, Who loves KSI? everyone put up their hand, right? And I said, and then all the teachers are looking around because none of the teachers knew who KSI was. And I said, right, for the adults in the room, KSI is a YouTuber and an entrepreneur, right? And I I explained why KSI was an entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that's how I hooked these kids because I wanted them to um, be excited about entrepreneurship based on someone that they could relate to. They could relate to KSI. They're not going to relate to Richard Branson. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so for me, when I wrote that book, it was my attempt at trying to um, reshape the narrative of entrepreneurship and yeah. to give people motivation that comes from a black source. I love it. And you know yeah. what, what I love even more, Self, is what you have there on your chest, like Superman thing, right? Um, <laughs> what the logo, the entrepreneur logo. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's a U for ultra, but also, I mean, there's a secret meaning behind it. The U is actually the same 
The word for water in Egyptology is mu, M-U, and that's yeah. what it looks like. Okay, I like that. I really yeah. like that. So, like that so the black is representative of our people, the gold is representative of our royalty, and, and the U is representative of water. So, you know, be like water, the ele that element, which is an element that I'm drawn to, but it's an element of, you know, water can drown you or it can quench mm. your thirst, right? It's, it's a powerful yeah. element. So that's the kind of the hidden meaning, if you will, behind the logo. Oh, I love that, man. That's really good. I love that logo. That's really good. Yeah, that man. Good. You, you speak about the kids and going into schools. Uh, entrepreneurship is in really important to you. How important is it to get into schools? I mean, is it out here? Is it in schools? Because we're in Bedford here. So, you know, I don't really do the school system because my son's homeschooled. So I don't know whether they've got entrepreneurship going on in classrooms. Maybe Joseph might know, but... No, they don't. No. 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 How, yeah, you know what? Um, They'll do it yeah. under social studies. Yeah. Like um, it's difficult. Um, well, the answer is no, they don't no. have it in schools. Not in state schools. In private and boarding schools, they do. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've had it for a while. Right. And that's because half of the parents are entrepreneurs. So, you know, um, but in state schools, they don't. And the reason why they don't is because um, they're just behind. They're just behind, if I'm honest. They, they're behind. But really, if I'm being cynical, if I'm being cynical, the reason, the other reason they don't is because they don't think kids from state schools are going to become entrepreneurs. So I, I, as far as they're concerned, that's too much of a of a step up. The mm -hmm. most that the most you're going to do, and this is this is happening today, right? In state schools, really, the aspiration that the that the teachers will have for most of the kids, especially the black kids, are you. You might go into construction. You might work on the railway. You might go to prison. You might. They're not thinking about them, you know, having aspirational jobs, much less becoming an entrepreneur. That yeah. is just outside of their thinking. So they would say that, well, why would we set them up to fail? I, I know that's what a lot of them might say, like, well, you know, why should, why would we, you know, let them think that they can be entrepreneurs when they can't, you yeah. know? So I think that for them, they almost want to, and, you know, because school is, school is a business, right? And it's said, and I've been there in the classroom when teachers, and this isn't the fault of teachers either, it's the system, right? Teachers mm. are um, assessed on how well their students do in the exams, in their grades. Yeah, that's that, how they're assessed. That's disgusting. That's how, right. So what then happens is teachers will funnel kids into subjects that they think they'll get a better grade at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with whether or not that kid wants to do that subject. It's, I think you'll get a grade, and if you get a grade, then I'll do well, right? Yeah. So... You know, when you then say, oh, well, maybe the kid could be an entrepreneur, they're like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I don't understand it. That sounds too out there for me. Let me just do something that's going to help me to meet my performance statistics, right? Yeah. Now, not all teachers are like that, um, but of the maybe million teachers that there are in the UK, most of them are. And that's just the unfortunate reality. Uh, I mean, you know, we were in a school literally last week, right? And we were running an activity and um, we were getting kids to brainstorm how they can innovate on um, household stuff that's in the house, right? 
So this kid turned around and says, oh, what if you made the bath electric so you could press buttons and it would turn on the thing and blah, blah, blah. And this, I mean, you're talking about an eight-year-old kid here, right? Eight, nine-year-old kid. And then the teacher said, oh, well, that's called a jacuzzi. And then everyone laughed. And I thought to myself, really? Yeah. You see what I mean, right? That's reality. And and this is, that's not just a one-off. We've had teachers negatively respond to kids all the time. I mean, all the time, right? And so there seems to be this aversion that a lot of teachers have towards entrepreneurship. And part of me thinks that it's because it's shining a light on their own insecurities or their own successes, because technically, if a child in your class becomes an entrepreneur, right? Technically they're doing better than you are, right? Yeah. It, it could be that too, right? I don't know, but... It- the mindset is threatening. I think going back to your thing about mindset, I think the mindset of that young person is very threatening to an adult who, if they've determined success in the wrong way, yeah, then that's where the threat comes into play. So yeah, I hear you 100% on that one. Interested in hearing your ad played during the show across two podcasts? Then get in touch at inquiries at beyond the root.com. Like what you hear so far, listeners? Then make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Just know this podcast is made possible by listeners like yourselves. So thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Partway through, though, I have been asking the listeners, because I just wanted to make sure that they were still here with us, and they are, um, just if they had any questions. So we have one here. Um, I run a little home business, uh, nowhere becoming a successful entrepreneur but how can I successfully promote my service yeah so um so there's a couple of ways um the the umbrella answer to that is to do the best job you can Mm -hmm. because if you do a really good job like you go over and above people will recommend you like that's the that's actually the number one way. So word of mouth is what every business is trying to generate. They're trying to generate word of mouth advertising. Why? Because it's free. And and secondly, because um, validation from one of your peers mm-hmm. is way better than trying to market to someone. Because we don't believe marketing, but I'd believe Joseph or I'd believe Sam. Right. So um, when you're first starting out, like from zero. Um, do things for free and over deliver um, and get testimonials, right? Get written testimonials, get them to tweet, do a little video and do that. If you, if you do that within a very short space of time, you'll get paid customers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you just have to build up that momentum. Um, that's, that's one way for if, if you're delivering a service, if it's a product, um, again, you know, obviously you've got to make sure it's a good product but things like facebook marketing and instagram marketing work really well um Mm. 
brand is really important because uh, brand ultra is the thing that has um, really propelled what we do, you know, Um, it really has. And so we uh, are very cognizant to push the brand because people like brands. It's not so much, yeah, people like the idea of Julian and his team teaching kids entrepreneurship, but they like the brand as well, right? That helps, yeah? And, And the brand is the first thing people see, they will buy into the brand, now that I've explained to you what the what the logo means, that's something that you'll remember, right? Yeah, definitely. Memorable, do you see what I mean, right? So brand is important. Um, so build a really good brand, um, deliver your products or service um, extremely well. Now, you won't deliver it extremely well unless you are passionate about it, because yeah. you just won't be bothered at some point, right? And if you're and you won't see all the little nuances that will make something special, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do that. You know, it's a little thing. Like a friend of mine you know, runs a a fashion, just a startup fashion house. And her thing is about um, uh, quality control, right? So she wants to package the goods herself, put them in the nice nice tissue paper, the little label, the little sticker. And do you know what I mean? Like the packaging, because she knows that women women respond to that really well. Men Mm -hmm. just tear up the box and throw it away. (laughs) But, But women like the packaging. They like that. And and it's and she's the target audience. Do you see what I mean, right? Yeah. Um. So so but so you've got to make it. You've got to make it special. I remember the. I remember the first time. I remember the year when the iPod came out, right? And when the iPod came out, a friend of mine said, "Julian, I'm going to bring the. I'm going to bring this into the office because you've got to see this." You know, he said you've got to see the box, right? So he brought the box in, and. He, as he opened the box, you know, it did this weird kind of thing where it a little bit like origami and it opened yeah. up. The iPod box opened up in a way you've never seen an electronic product open up before, right? And so what uh, um, Steve Jobs was trying to do was to create an experience from beginning to end, not just the product, because he could have just put it in any old box and boom, there you go. He didn't want to mm. do that. You know, the guy was put, this friend of mine, was was promoting the box to me. He was saying, I want to, I don't want to see the iPod, I want to see the box, right? And so, you know, that said something to me. I thought, wow, like packaging is like a thing. Like it's the it's the experience that you leave with your customers and the people that you're benefiting. So I would say all of that. Um and make sure you charge enough as well. Like I, I know it's difficult. I know I'm, on one hand I'm saying, you know, give stuff away for free. And on the other hand, I'm saying, make sure you charge enough. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, make sure that you uh, value what you do enough and just yeah. hold out, right? Just hold out. Because I remember um, a couple of, about five or six years ago, I was working with two artists. One was like the broke artist. And another one was a guy who was selling his paintings for like 10, 15 grand, right? The only difference between the two artists was the packaging. The guy who would sell his artwork for 10, 15 grand, his website was wicked. He had, he had, he, he didn't, he had, he had like a hardcover book, right? It was like a A4 landscape book of his artwork. And it looked plush. It didn't, I know it doesn't cost a lot of money to produce that. Look really mm. plush, wicked website, amazing business card. And he would just place his artwork in um, and I, I, I met him because um, a friend of mine who was in investment banking, she was doing this garden party and he did an, ins- an installation at her house, right? So in the house, there must have been a hundred million pounds worth of 
um, um, you know, salary within the, in that house, right? Yeah. 50 people there or whatever. But he was placing his art in the right place and it had the right packaging. And that was the only difference between him and the guy that was the broke artist. No yeah. difference, because you can't judge the value of art. It was everything else that this guy put around it that, that gave it, it its value. So, um, yeah, so, you know, you, you've got to think about those things as well. That's a brilliant, brilliant stuff. Do you know what? Do you find it's, because you, you do a lot with children as well in terms of like where we, before COVID, when they had exhibitions and they were selling their, their products and that. I mean, tell us a bit more about that because it was beautiful to actually see. I was unable to come to a lot of the events, but I know the one that I did come to, I was really impressed by the young people that I saw talking business. Which one did you come to? Uh, now, this was telling. This was quite a while ago. <laughs> did you remember um, the venue? Was it, was it in uh, London it was, or? It was in London. It was in North London because I know it was easy for me to get to. Oh, was um, it at the Granville? Did it have like a garden outside? Yes. No? It did. Yes. Okay, yeah, it was a Granville, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we first started running our clubs, I remember we had a club in Harlesden and a club, we had a club in Harlesden, Stratford and Croydon, right? And someone said to me, this was 2016. Yeah, 20, no. Yeah, um, end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And someone said to me, you know what, Julian, it's great that you've got these clubs around London. The only problem is these kids don't know about each other and neither, and nor do anyone else. Hmm. Right. They exist in these clubs. No one knows about them. These other kids don't know about each other. You know, that's it's a shame. Right. So I thought, OK, well, how can I solve that problem? I thought, OK, why don't I put on a kids business fair? Right. So I had been going to business fairs for years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew the setup. I knew, I knew all about it. And I thought, well, if I just put them all together in one space, then we can just have a kids business fair and they can sell what they've been working on. Um, I then realized, because this was something that we were doing anyway, um, was that I didn't just want it to be in like a local community hall somewhere that was a bit dusty and old and whatever. Mm. So I pitched through my, one of my advisors, a top 10 law firm called Reed Smith, who were on the 33rd floor of Broadgate Tower, slap bag in the middle of, um, the city, Liverpool Street, and it had these amazing views of London. I mean, the building was amazing, right? And I remember we had about 35 kid entrepreneurs turn up on the day, about three, 400 people came in and out. And I remember at the end of it, one of the girls, um, her name was Leah. Um, she, ha- she, made, she had this business. She was about 10 at the time. She had this business called Penabon, and it was like, a beautifully decorated pen with this orb shaped lip balm at the end of it, which was like the fashion for little girls at the time. Right. Mm. And she basically just put the two together. Right. And so w- while you're writing, she said, if your lips get dry, you can just take off the thing and <laughs> button up your lips. Right. And I was like, wow. At the end of that event, she came to me and she said, I made 140 pounds. Right. Wow. And I thought, no one will ever take that experience away from you. Cause you've done that. Yeah. Right. And all of the other kids that made five pounds, 10 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever it was, they did it. Not yeah. their mum, not their teacher, not their mentor, not Julian, you did it. 
So the reason why that's important is because when I started my first business, when I was 18, no one could tell me after that point that I couldn't do it because mm. I did it, right? So part of the reason why I created those business fairs is because I knew that if we kept entrepreneurship an academic thing and we kept it in a bubble and the kids didn't close the loop and actually mm. make money from a stranger, then they're not going to believe it, yeah. right? So that's the reason why I wanted to do those fairs. I wanted to do them so that I would replicate the experience that I had, which was, okay, I've had an idea, I've developed something and I've made money from it. That experience stays with me. But the difference was I could do it with an eight-year-old now. Mm. I could do it with a 10-year-old. And the thing that excites me is where will that take them yeah. in years to yeah. come? Yeah. yeah. Right? That's really big because um, I've I've many times spoken to Sam about doing business and wanted to get into it. And I kind of feel like I've found my calling in terms of podcasting. And this is my way of doing my own form of entrepreneurial and getting myself out there. Because I always knew I wanted to do something, but never knew the direction. And I always feel like if there was something that, just held my hand through my youth stages in terms of getting to where I wanted to be, especially in this avenue of being an entrepreneur. I probably would have logged on years ago, but, you know, small town, UK, Black Britain, there's not a lot of, as you say, faces where you can relate to or inspire, and there's a big gap. So the fact that you've mentioned that and said that she's got her own individual experience of it. And most importantly, that it's not something that even you can claim the person has organized it. That's priceless because you never know what effect that's going to have to inspire her and all the children that you brought in there to actually do this thing and see it as something that can be done. And it has a limitless end goal because that's the beauty of entrepreneur. As a limitless end goal, you can keep going. As you said, you could take a banana, turn into banana juice, then if you want, you can turn it into a fritter, then write a book about a recipe and then just keep going and going and going and going. And that's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm really glad that you answered it in that way. And I'm hoping that the listeners are, are, are taking it in. Anyone that aspires to be an entrepreneur, because the fact that you're gripping these minds from a youth, because um, obviously, you know, we, we look into you, your background, what you're doing, and you say you take them from eight to 14. For me, that's perfect time for an entrepreneur because your mind is firing at 100 miles an hour with ideas. An adult would have never come up with that pencil bomb. I guarantee you that now. That if someone would have walked into Dragon's Den and said, I've got a pencil and I've got lip balm and I'm going to put the bomb at the end of the pencil, then I told you to crack on. <laughs> but the fact that she got, what was it, 100 and made over 100 pounds in that day, that's a priceless experience and that's beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. Mm -hmm. Seriously. That's, well, you really hear that, and that's know, really, really nice. That the listeners are definitely listening. Um, you know, in answer to that question that you gave, uh, that answer, should I say, to the question that was asked before, that was brilliant. And um, one last question before we kind of move on um, from these questions now. Um, but one comment from how long do you give a business before you class it as failed if it isn't doing well? Good question. Yeah, wow. yeah the, the, 
there's a few philosophies on this. One philosophy is that businesses don't fail, people give up. Okay. Um, and, and the reason why, the reason why I start with that is because um, there, is, there isn't a business that will fail if you keep finding a way for it to exist and profit. Because there's a business doing everything, right? So whoever, whoever answers that question, there's a, the chances are that whatever business that they are trying to do or thinking about doing, someone else has already done it and someone else has been successful with it, right? So it's not the business that isn't successful, it's the individual that will make the business successful, yeah? Now, you should stop a business if you realise that you're not about that life. If you, if you realise, you know what, I'm an imposter here, not really passionate about it, then yes, you should stop. And you should absolutely do something which you're passionate about. And if you're lucky, like I have been, because this happened in some ways by accident, as I tell my story, it, it seems like it all makes sense, but that, that's all retrospect. Um, but actually, my business isn't just something about um, passion, it's now legacy. You know, we mentioned this, this legacy mm -hmm. thing before, right? It, it's, 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 it's my purpose. Mm -hmm. This is, this, this is purpose-driven. What I'm doing is purpose-driven. It's yeah. not, you know, just to make money. It's not just because I'm passionate about it. It's, per it's because it's pur purpose-driven, right? Um, so that's something, you know, sometimes people evolve to that. Um, yeah. But actually, it, there was another really famous entrepreneur who said that, you know, like a job, um, and if you even look up the definition of a job, a job actually means a short piece of work, right? A job isn't something, that's why there's a difference between a job and a career. Mm -hmm. So a job is like a short piece of work or a piece of work that doesn't have much meaning behind it. A career is, is a long-standing effort within mm -hmm. a particular sector because you don't, a career is something you is, is something you do in a sector and stay in that sector. You don't move around in your career, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you do, you move around within the same sector. Or you have another career. Do you sort of mean, right? So they might have a career in sports, then, they, then they've got a career in music, then they've got a career in fashion, right? So careers are sector specific. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a calling, which is connected to legacy or purpose. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's what you want to find. You want to find the calling, you want to find the legacy or purpose. And I know that because I found it accidentally, but when you, when you get it, no one can tell you anything. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. one can tell you anything. And it's, it's a feeling. It's not something that you can, it, it's not a thought, it's a feeling, right? And that feeling compels you. And that's why when people say, Julian, how come you go so hard? It's because I'm compelled to go there. I'm, I'm compelled. It's almost like my ancestors are just, I feel like I've got a thousand ancestors <laughs> behind me, just driving me. And that no matter what happens, it's, I'm unstoppable. You know, people say, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. Like, I know I'm not going to fail. Not in the end, like, not, every, not everything that I do is going to work out, not every project's going to be amazing, not, you know, not every deal's going to go through, but I know ultimately I'm going to get to where I need to be. I know ultimately my vision is going to happen. I know it will, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why... All I'm doing is just playing out the movie. I already know what's going to happen at the end. You know, our mission 
is that every child has access to effective entrepreneurial education. That's the mission. I mean, in the world, in the same way that if you are a child and um, you don't like children, everywhere in the world can have access to maths or yeah. a language or a musical instrument. If you know, like that's all of that, you can pretty much have access to it. Football, you can pretty you just got a ball, you kick, right? Um, maths, you can pretty much go anywhere, even the rudiments of it. Um, but entrepreneurship, no. Mm. And I think entrepreneurship is going to be one of it's going to be a core a core subject in years to come. Um, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. And right. and right. and I'm not going to wait around for someone to do it. I'm going to do it. And the reason yeah. why I'm compelled to do it is because I know that it's it's changed my life. If I'm honest. Do you know what you've? I, I saw something, and and um, let me know if I am wrong, but. You offer a franchise, don't you? Like, uh, yeah. Talk us through that because, as a community, this is something that we really need to hear in terms of what you're doing. And if we can, because I was going to say, you know, how can we support and help you? But this is this is good. Let's let's talk about the franchise. Yeah, no, great question. So we we piloted the franchise model in 2017, 2018. Um, we sold about four or five franchises. Oh, yeah. Um, some in London, one in Birmingham. Um, and then we, uh, and some of them went well, some of them didn't. Um, but we've actually just restarted the franchise opportunity within the last two months. So it's funny you bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because there were a few things that we had to nail down. Um, but I mean, we're talking to people in, um, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to someone in Egypt a few weeks ago about a franchise, um, someone in Manchester. So essentially the franchise gives you access to um, license our brand. You get all the training, all of our materials. Mm -hmm. um, we help you to promote the clubs. We get you into schools um, and you operate the business. So, you know, what we've done works. It's successful. We, we, we've been able to put it into a box and we can train people to, to replicate what we do within your area. So wherever you are, um, you know, as long as you've got a big enough market, which is about 300,000 people, um, mm -hmm. then we sell you a bunch of postcodes that make up that number. Um, and we essentially become your big brother and we help you to make that a success. I love that. Joseph. No, that's great. I've actually never heard of that. Uh, okay. When you think of franchise, you, you don't think of it in an education package, which is which is really good. That is really good. But I'll tell you what did stick with me was from your um, what you just said in regards to giving children access to the entrepreneurial education. Uh, as I said, that did touch with me because I, I do believe it would have given me a greater catalyst to get where I'm going now uh, back then. But when you're doing it, are you actually doing like Saturday schools, are you incorporating into a timetable or is this something where parents bring children to like a, a seminar? How, how does it actually operate when you're teaching them how to do, um, to yeah, basically it's, it's, Yeah, it's a great question. And essentially um, I've modeled it from the way in which adult entrepreneurs would be trained or supported. And so we don't do it seminar style. Um, it, it essentially boils down to 
one to few or one to one tuition. So if we have um, a Saturday club or an after school club on a Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it might be, and we've got 20 kids, we'll have at least four people in there. So we've got a minimum, a maximum of one to five um, teacher student ratio so that the kids will get as much face time as possible. And we've got our own pedagogy. So our own way of teaching entrepreneurship to kids which effectively starts off by, by working out what you're passionate about, doing some research about it, um, developing a prototype, whether it's of a product or service, um, working out the, uh, the, the money behind it, the profit and loss, how much things are gonna cost, and then you sell it, right? Um, and then you, once you've done all of that, that's the cycle of business. You then go back to whether or not you're passionate about it or not. Cause you, you might start off with an assumption that you love something. I remember we had a girl who, um, started a, uh, a a cupcake business in one of our first fairs. She said she was really passionate about it. At the end of that fair, she sold out, but she said, I don't want to see another cupcake in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> she literally had to bake. She didn't realise how difficult it was to bake 100 cupcakes, right? Yeah. So she was no longer passionate about it and she wanted to do something else. And that's fine too, right? Yeah, so that is. take them through that process, but we get them to the point where it's as personalised as possible. Okay. I love that. I love that. Julian, it's, it's been lovely, actually, just and refreshing to kind of hear you just drop the gems naturally yeah. along the journey, <laughs> you know, um, and that's the beauty because this, having this live, as I mentioned to you before, is all about offering out the solutions. And I know that our listeners are really loving the vibrations that you've brought today, definitely. Um, one final question from a listener. She wanted to know how long did it take for you to write your book? She also says congratulations on writing the book. Uh, how long did it take for you to write that? Good question. Um, about a month. Nice. Is that generally the process? Uh, so that's another good question. Um, some people, uh, I mean, you can go on like workshops where they'll get you to write your book start to finish over a weekend wow. so the thing about it, it it depends on the kind of book you want to write but they say that everyone's got a book inside them right mm -hmm. um if you've got something to say sometimes you just need coaching on how to get it out and once yeah. you kind of turn turn on that tap it just kind of flows out sometimes um and books can be five thousand pages two hundred thousand pages right it, it just depends on how on how big or small you want your book to be it could be a short story it could be anything right um, so what I would say is just to start writing, just mm -hmm. to start writing. If it's, if it's a kind of functional book, like it's, you know, a how to, you know, how to start up a podcast, right. Then yeah. that's quite a functional step-by-step -step kind of thing. Um, and it, it'll be easier to box that into an amount of time. Whereas if it's a creative book, it's your, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a personal story or it's, you know, something, a work of fiction, then that requires you to be in the right creative space, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but, but in so that that just doesn't become a piece of string, you should, you should deliberately put yourself in creative, in a creative space on a regular basis to do that work. It's the reason why the archetypal writer would go to the log cabin by the lake, mm -hmm. right? because that's their creative space yeah. and they're not bothered. So they could just be creative. Whereas, you know, today people have got a whole bunch going on 
and it's difficult to be in the creative zone. So you've got to deliberately put yourself in that creative zone. Is it going for a walk? Is it playing some music in the background? Is it cooking? Is it, what is your, what gets you into that? And I remember watching um, a Bob Marley movie and he said before he went into the studio, he would kick some ball, he would burn some weed and now he's ready. <laughs> that was his creative process, but he knew what it was. And that was important for me because I thought, you know, he had to keep churning out music, right? So yeah, yeah. for him, he was like, okay, if I've got to do this on command almost, how do I get myself into that zone? And this is how I do it. I lively up myself, play some football. I raise my energies, burn some weed, and now I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm saying, And I think everybody needs to know what gets you into that place, what gets you into that creative process or that... Um, that that effective place where you can you know get some work done and you know keep keep things going. Do you know? Yeah, no, yeah, love that. We are. We've given you a, a, a long extended treat here, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we've had a long extended treat. So yes, bless up for the live and bless up for Julian coming on to the show today. But Julian, before you leave us and before we have to end this show, um. What things have you got going on at the moment? Share it with us. Like, uh, I know that you've got the chatbot app. How is that going? So from since Tyler used it, I am still effectively trying to get him to come back onto the app, but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> how's that going? Yeah, it's a work in progress. Um, the app's been going well. Um, we're constantly developing it um, and, and adding new things. And we're gonna do another relaunch within the next few months. Um, so I've been building the team in that company as well. Um, and we've got some really exciting things on the way. Um, with tech products, you know, they take a lot of time. Um, mm. You don't just develop it once and, and that's it. You know, if you think about apps that you use, they're always doing something new. So we're having, yeah. to, we're having to do the same. Um, but I mean, you know, we've, um, we've got thousands of downloads. We've, it's been, um, in, in, funnily enough, um, one of the countries that is using it at an accelerated pace is China. Wow. wow. And I would wow. never have guessed that. Wow, well, you've got a massive market there. Yeah, I mean, we've had students from Brazil, I mean, all over the place. You know, so, so the reach that that app's been able to, um, you know, uh, get to has been, you know, beyond what I thought was possible. Um, and that, that uh, that's that, but that's the reason I love tech. The, the steps uh, for the app, just quickly, just explain that to the listeners, like what, what, what is the app? Yeah, so the idea behind the app was to find a way that we could automate the magic dust in the work that we do. So essentially, um, as I was saying to Joseph, the, uh, the delivery of our work ends up being one-to-one, -one, right? And we start by asking the kids, what do they love doing? And then if they say, right, I love, I love fashion, we show them how they can do a fashion business. I love podcasting. We show them how they, how they could do a podcasting business. So what we've done is we've created these chat threads for about 30 different business ideas that kids could have on this mm -hmm. bot. And it will take them through an automated chat thread, showing them videos, um, lesson plans, um, all different types of content that will lead them down the step-by-step -step path on how to set up that particular business. And we've made it age-specific. Okay. That's love really it. good. That's yeah. really good. You've also got uh, something going on. You were looking for a position or a post 
recently. Did you feel that post? We did, we did. Um, so yeah, at the moment we're kind of hiring like once a month, it feels like um, we're hiring someone new. So um, that post you, you would have seen was for, um, uh, was to expand our teaching staff. Okay. We, we had about 30 applications. We filled about four or five of them. Nice. Um, we'll, we'll be recruiting again in the next few months. Okay, okay. And en route to get any more awards? Actually, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this time next month, I'll be picking up another one, um, which we're really grateful for. Um, I've forgotten what it's for now, actually. Um, <laughs> well, it's so many on the shelf now since yeah, 2018. Um, it's getting bigger. So, let me see, was it? Um, oh, that was, it was for, so, so it was Social Impact Award. Nice. A Social nice. Impact Award. That, um, and it's, it's, it's nice because I'm going to be, I'm going to, um, they're doing it at this really posh hotel and um, I'm actually picking it up the day before my birthday, actually. Ooh, I'm going to be, that. I'm going to be out with my kids and my wife and we're going to all pick it up together. Um, nice. So that'll be the first time that my kids will have picked up an award with me. That's so right. I'm really looking forward to that. Love that. And like you said, it's leaving a legacy, which is in business and everything that you, you would want to, to dream of doing for your kids and for your kids to be seeing you in that position. So that's really um, lovely to hear. You but guys, can I just say to you, can I just say to you that um, I think you're doing an amazing job. Blessed. And, you know, platforms, yes, 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 platforms like these are needed. You know, I'm glad to see black man, black woman doing your thing. Please keep it going. Keep building it. Podcast the way. Podcasts are the way forward. You know, if you keep driving this, there's no reason why it won't go to the highest heights that you could have ever have imagined. And Absolutely. it will provide platforms for individuals like myself to talk about what they do. Um, yeah. And uh, the value of that is, you know, is endless. So, you know, congratulations for keeping it going. Um, and you know, I'm I'm really thankful that you've given me the opportunity to kind of share um, what we do with you tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure having it you. It has, it has, it has. It's, it, I can tell you from now, Julian. Yeah, the difference in listening to yourself is I, I have conversations with people that like to think they have money. And you hear them talk about money and how they use their money, move it around, what they invest in. When you talk to someone like yourself that actually knows the real value of stacking your pennies to make a pound and then utilizing that pound in the best way possible, like you said, just like a banana, you can tell the difference in your educational entrepreneurs in, regard, in regards to those that, that just don't really know. It's like someone with money told me, just like yourself, they, they always drop jewels. <laughs> Why would someone who buys a Land Rover, could afford a Range Rover, listen to someone that can't even afford the Land Rover? <laughs> and everything that you said, it just makes sense. It goes to, it, I, I just hope the listeners that are listening have really let it sink in in terms of what you're doing and how you delivered your answers today is very, very easy to understand. You can get a lot from it. And the fact that you're working with kids, I'm, I'm really glad that we had you on. And, and the fact that you said about Sam and um, that you're thanking her for doing what she's doing, it was only just last week's show. And I love bringing this up and that, that the fact that you've noticed. 
if it wasn't for Sam, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair doing this interview and meeting people like yourself. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurs on the rise like Sam doing what she's doing in order to give us a platform just to make this happen. And just like you said, the reason why we're doing it, I just, I'm just glad someone is noticing it. And it yeah. is testament to Sam and what she's doing. So once again, Sam, thank yeah. you. It's thank unification you. at its finest. And that's the whole point of Rising Roots. It's all about putting unity back into the community. So how we deal with those roots is how we deal with them. But I just, yeah, just wishing you all love and light along on the journey, Julian, because, you know, you are doing great things as well, especially for our next generation. And again, this is the whole point and the basis of why we do this. It's for the betterment of our next generation. So, you know, again, just thank you for the gems that you've dropped along the way. What final, this is it now, people, final, yes. What final business advice would you give to Black-owned business in Britain today? So two, two things. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Do what you love. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say, I just wanted to echo what Joseph said, which is that take advice from people who have actually done it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And take advice from people who are you know, not too far ahead from you because maybe people who are within five years ahead of where you want to go, right? Mm -hmm. um, because people who have done it maybe a decade or two ago may not know how to do it today. Yeah. And that's not a discredit. It's just that things move so quickly. What right. you did 20 years ago probably won't work today, right? Um so sometimes you, you need a combination of that old school advice with more current advice from someone who's maybe just a few years ahead of you, who knows the current tricks and strategies and tactics in your specific industry, right? But the reason I say that is because it's easy to sound clever about business. It's easy. All you've got to do is read a few books, watch a few YouTube channels and some podcasts and just regurgitate what other people have said. That's easily done right the problem with that is that it, it's mis it misleads people and you've got to understand who you're speaking to before you give advice and where they're at and you there's a lot of subtleties around it um so just kind of qualify who you're speaking to about what right um and just get them to show their receipts if they can't show you the receipts then it's cool just move on like just take what you can but, you know, you, that's, that's the only thing I would say. It, it, like I said, it's easy to sound like you know it all. It's, that's not difficult. But just do your research on people, you know, um, and make sure that there's evidence of what they've achieved because they will give it to you differently. It will sound different and it will feel different. Love, love, love and love again. Thank you so much, Julian. Where can the listeners find you? Because you're not shy either to podcasting. So are you still <laughs> on the podcast? I'm still on the podcast, still on the podcast thing. So if you just Google Julian Hall Ultra Education or Ask Ultra, you'll mm -hmm. see us come up. Um, you'll see our YouTube channels, podcasts, social media. We're not hard to find. If you holler, we'll holler back. Nice, nice, nice. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. It is 
truly been appreciated. Joseph, any final messages? Because the music is going to sound for all the audio <laughs> listeners, the live, you're just going to see me shaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, I'm just grateful to be on this platform and interview people like yourself, Julian. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've delivered everything well, clear, and uh, I've got a lot of knowledge just by listening to you. Usually, I'm fully in there interrupting, giving my experiences, but I just listen, man. It's, it, it's great to hear money talk. It's really good. Money and talk. in a way, it's very educated. <laughs> money talks. Ooh, no, but we don't want that. On that note, listeners, it's been an absolute pleasure. We got it right. On you the did. Next live. <laughs> you done well. We've got Sam grinning all kinds of tea on the show. It's good. <laughs> it's not that great, but we won't go into that. Anyway, listeners, thank you again for your time and your questions as well. Um, definitely keep up the conversation around business. Um, we need to, as I said before, step into our power, okay, uh, yeah. and understand the fact that when we get into that power, we switch each other on. We're going to be good. We're going to be real good. We can definitely do this for the next generation. And we can support Julian in what he's doing. If you're interested in the franchise, then like he said, just Google his name and you can um, get all the information you need. Reach out to him, message. And yeah, as for us, we're out. It's time. Thank you for listening, people. We're watching this time. <laughs> Good night, guys. Take, Take care. care. Good night, Julie. Take care. Bless, bless, bless. Bye.